Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Today we continue in Colossians chapter 4, where we are reminded of a member of Paul's community that he actually mentioned at the very beginning of the book. And by way of recap, the end of Colossians is a list of Paul's community, either with him or people he knows in Colossae. And he ends the letter with some insight into who is around him, who's influential in his life and ministry, and who is essential in the gospel ministry at Colossae. And so far, we've seen a number of different people. But now, in verses 12 through 13, we're going to circle back around to a man that we met at the very beginning of the letter, whose name is Epaphras. So let me read verses 12 and 13 for us, and then we'll talk about a quality in Epaphras that I'm sure all of us could grow in. This is Colossians 4, 12 through 13. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. There are a few people throughout the Bible who are mentioned and described in some unique ways. As we've already seen in this letter, anytime a biblical author gives a description to someone, it's always interesting to see the words that they choose. In the list of the kings throughout the Old Testament, often they're given one-sentence descriptions on the evil they've done or a particular evil action they are known by. Or on the flip side, we've seen throughout the New Testament in the Gospels or the letters where people are given encouragements about their character or their work. Well, in Colossians, we've seen a number of descriptions now to these people at the end of the book. But what about Epaphras? What do we know from these character descriptions in the beginning and end of the book that Paul says about him? Well, let me read what Paul mentioned about him at the beginning of the letter in Colossians 1, verses 7 through 8. Paul wrote, Just as you learned the gospel from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love. In the Spirit. I would say that's a pretty good description. He taught the Colossians the gospel. He's a beloved fellow servant of God. He's a faithful minister of Christ. He works on behalf of these Christians in Colossae, and he has reported back to Paul an encouragement in their love for one another through the Spirit. Well, what did Paul say again then here at the end of Colossians? Let me read it one more time. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, he greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Hierapolis. Honestly, those two sections are incredible. Epaphras is the man who apparently brought the gospel to Colossae. He saw Christians converted. He planted this church. And now he has gone back to Paul to share the encouragement of what God has done 
in this place. Paul says that he is a faithful servant and he's laboring on behalf of this church in Colossae. But one thing I want to hone in on now, since we spent an episode or two on Epaphras in chapter one, is the particular work that Paul mentions Epaphras has given himself to. Notice again in verse 12, it says that Epaphras is always struggling on your behalf in his prayers. I think it's the NIV translation that says that Epaphras is wrestling with God on your behalf in prayer. I remember reading that years ago and getting the imagery of two wrestlers in my mind. Now, I never wrestled growing up. I'm not a huge fan of it, but if you can let your mind wander to a wrestling match, it's a pretty intense scene. Wrestling takes discipline, focus, desire. When you step onto that mat to wrestle someone, you are locked in with them. You are committed to this struggle with the other person in this intense moment. Now, imagine that imagery in relation to someone's prayer life. The closest other picture we get of this is in Genesis 32 when Jacob wrestles with God. It's an actual picture of what Paul is saying Epaphras is doing in his prayer life. Imagine such intensity, such focus and discipline and passionate prayer that it has to be defined as wrestling with God. If someone could see into your prayer life, would anything about it be marked by wrestling? Mine most definitely would not be. I do very little intense wrestling with God in prayer. But every time I read these verses, my heart is stirred to wrestle with God, plead with Him, be so passionate about something or love a people so deeply to go to the mat with God. That is this man's heart for the church in Colossae. And notice that Paul says he wrestles with God in prayer that they may stand mature and be fully assured in the will of God. That's exactly what Paul's heart in chapter one was for this church. And that's what Epaphras is modeling in his prayer life. And in verse 13, Paul highlights how Epaphras is laboring for this people and even people in two other regions. In essence, this is high praise from Paul about Epaphras. He is a man who seems to love the Lord, loves people, and labors as an intercessor between Jesus and his people. So, my simple conclusion from this is for us to consider this. Does our prayer life resemble this type of intensity and passion? Now, I'm not saying it has to constantly or every time you pray, it's this exhausting wrestling match, but is it ever? I don't think this is spoken in negative terms, so I believe what Paul is highlighting is the beauty of a man wrestling with God over the people he loves, pleading with God that they would grow in maturity and be assured of their faith and life in the will of God. Do we do that? Do we love people deeply enough to do that? Do we believe in the power of prayer enough to do that? Do we have moments, even just a few at a time, where we intensely plead with God to work, to move, to reveal himself? I think God has given this invitation 
Are we willing to accept it? Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace. Peace.